I'd like to begin with the prayer that my spiritual director in seminary used to say at the beginning of our sessions. His name was Brother Tom Schultz, and uh, he died on March 16th. And so with this short prayer, I, I summon him this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Like many children of immigrants, I was a translator from my parent, for my parents from a young age. I remember going to medical appointments with my mother. I was maybe nine or ten years old and trying to communicate her ailments to the doctor as best I could. This wasn't easy because, one, no one spoke Spanish in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1975. And two, my mother couldn't articulate her troubles much more than saying, tengo un dolor, I have a pain, and then pointing to a body part. The doctor would invariably ask, is it a stinging, a throbbing, or a stabbing pain? Which, to this day, I couldn't translate that but I seem to recall resorting to pantomime for the translation. And we got through the appointments somehow. Half the time, the diagnosis was simply stress, and she was given some anonymous pills to take until the next time we went. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. Happy birthday, church! And often we focus on that miracle in Acts by which all the visiting Jews from foreign countries to Jerusalem are able to hear the babbling of the disciples in their own languages and hear it as wisdom. It's actually one of the cooler miracles in the New Testament. Not subtle, yet pregnant with meaning and one that remains mysterious the more you try to figure it out. I wonder whether the reason Peter was able to convert over 3,000 persons to following Christ that day isn't because he was a walking United Nations, able to translate the good news simultaneously into many tongues so that many more people than usual understood his words. I mean, even a bad sermon can win the hearts and minds of 3,000 if enough people hear it. Think of megachurches. Anyway, I'd like to focus not on that cool miracle of linguistic comprehension that day, but on the work of translation that inevitably followed once the dancing flames of fire on those foreheads died down. When the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples gathered at Pentecost, it came as tongues of fire to burn away their fear, refine their focus, and illuminate their faith. The Spirit unleashed their tongues to prophesy in every language and proclaim God's deeds of power to the ends of the earth. We call it the birthday of the church because that morning the disciples found their voice and inner strength giving birth to a new chapter of God's saving love. In effect, they translated the good news of Christ to the world, beginning on that day. 
Well, forgive me for front-loading my message this morning. We, too, must become translators to our world, translating our own stories, translating the struggles of others who suffer to those who can help, translating the Earth's needs, and translating the message of love that Christ has for everyone. It's not just priests translating scripture into sermons every week who have something to say. Each of you must translate your life, your lessons learned, and your faith into words and action so that others might come to understand and participate in the healing of the world. How, you might ask? Well, for starters, we need to go forth spiritually, mentally, and physically once COVID restrictions are lifted to meet with people who may not speak the same language that we do. Could be we need to translate Spanish, praying over the dilemma that faces our nation at its southern border, trying to see how the fears on the other side of the border or the other side of the political argument from ours affect their perspective. And then trying to translate God's love into that discussion and that predicament. Or it could be trying to learn to understand a bit of Republicanese, or for some of you, democrat ease. Will we ever come to an understanding in this country again? One from which we can work together towards justice and compassion for all? It doesn't seem likely, does it? And yet, such impossibilities did not stop those first disciples. So I pray that somehow we find it in ourselves, and boy do I speak for myself here, to truly try and comprehend what the other is thinking. Not to cede our own position, but to find a way to communicate with each other in a language that seems more foreign than ever in American ease. That's going to be hard. I don't think pantomiming will do it this time. I don't know if many of you saw the 2016 science fiction film, Arrival, but its message bears repeating in these days. It's a great movie based on a great short story by a great writer named Ted Chang, and I commend all of it to you. But I'm about to spoil the plot. <laughs> In a nutshell, these jellyfish-looking aliens arrive from the future in seven huge, black, egg-shaped, monolith spaceships that stand on end above the Earth in seven different parts of the world. These jellyfish aliens communicate by squirting an ink-like substance onto glass, which basically looks like a Rorschach test. Over time, Amy Adams, the star of the movie, who plays a linguist, realizes they're communicating in those shots of ink solutions to the many problems that plague our world. 
cancer, hunger, global warming, but that each country from those seven spaceships is only receiving a portion of the solution to the dilemma at hand. So in order to fix the world's woes, the nations of the world have to gather their information together and cooperate. The U.S. has to share its information with China, which has to share its with England, who has to share theirs with Russia and other countries. And the ultimate reason these aliens have come from the future is to save us so that in the future we will still be around to save them when they are near destruction on their planet. In the movie, we almost blow it because of our nationalistic politics and mistrust of one another. That message in the aliens ink blots is also the work we have been left by Christ to do in our world, to heal and to cooperate. In real life, not in the movies, I pray we see past our own needs and recognize the mutual interdependence that will become so crucial in these months and years to come, especially with this pandemic, which has taught us just that. And we're going to have to pray really, really hard to make that happen. So translation is the message I see in the Pentecost story today. Where old men have visions and young men dream dreams and translate them to the world. That is what we're called to do, is to have that vision and not let go of it despite all that tells us otherwise. To dream those dreams that will get us through to new life, and it will be hard work. But we will one day be found in translation when we do that work and share that good news and stand up for those who suffer, tell our stories and listen to the hurts and fears of others, that's a miracle waiting to happen in our day so that we can be around to help save future generations. Happy Pentecost. May we speak with the language of love. Amen. Amen.